The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is the Employment Law Show. It is. It is also 6.32 on a Thursday, so it's time for you. It's time for us. Let's get it happening. Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, most positively reviewed law firm from coast to coast to coast across the country. You can check it out. John School's here as well. Good to have you on the show this evening, and we're set to go, which means we're ready to open up those phone lines and take some calls from you. You have questions. You have uh, complaints about your job. Maybe it's a vaccine thing. Maybe it's a working from home thing or a simple severance question. Bring it on. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. Any other time, you can email Lior. Uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. By the way, we're getting through a t- That's what we're focusing on tonight in between your calls. So don't, don't hesitate to call in, but we're going to get to a bunch of emails. Uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And outside the hour of the show, uh, Leora's got a huge crew behind him, and they're super capable and just as eager to talk to you and help out as well. one 821 5,900, same email address, um, email address applies as well. But we're going to get going with the emails. I know you got a case of the day, Lior, and uh, we'll get some calls lined up. So take it away, Captain. What do you got to, What do you got today? Yeah, I was just chatting uh, before we went on air with our producer, Corey, about how nice it is to finally have some uh, some good weather, warm yeah. weather. And I think we've all deserved it. So I'm in a good mood. You know, things are looking better and, and ready to talk about employment law this evening to make sure that when we finish here in about 30 minutes, we've answered people's questions. We've helped you ease your doubts, ease your concerns with respect to workplace uh, rights and, and employment law. So whatever the issue is, if it surrounds a job, loss of the job, your rights in the job, well, this is the time and the place to call right now with the questions. We're live for the sole purpose of answering you and telling you what you need to know. So don't be bashful. Take advantage of that. And let's have that chat. And of course, we'll also give you my contact information in the office throughout the show if you've missed it at the beginning so that you can reach out to me off air and we can have a private discussion or private email exchange so we can get to work to actually help you resolve those workplace mm-hmm. issues. But let me tell you about uh, what I uh, something interesting that happened today. Well, at least it's interesting for uh, to me, but I'm 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 kind of weird that way. Uh, <laughs> I, I had posted uh, something on our firm's uh, Facebook page just about uh, severance, and I got some some comments. And one person commented saying, "No, no, you forgot to mention, Lior, that none of this stuff you talk about uh, with respect to severance applies to construction employees, because in construction there's no severance," he says, mm-hmm. "and you lose your job, you move on, and and there's no severance." So I got into a, a, a debate with him. I'm telling him, no, of course, severance applies in cons- to construction. And he, he wouldn't believe me. He said, no, look at the Employment Standards Act. It makes clear that severance doesn't apply. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Well, kind of tough to say you're wrong to someone that does this for a living, to, <laughs> to, you know, one of the top employment lawyers in the country. I'm not wrong, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk a bit about this now because yeah. I know – this is a huge misconception when it comes to construction. Those employees that are in construction, of course, by the way, we're only talking about non-union employees. Mm-hmm. But if you're working construction, you're not part of a union, if you lose your job, of course you are owed severance. Not only are you owed severance, you are owed severance like a, a non-construction employee, the same amount. And it's based on your age, the type of job, and the length of your employment. 
and that could be as much as 24 months pay. Now, the fact that you may have worked in construction for 50 years, lost your job 20 times, and ne- never knew that you were owed severance yeah. doesn't mean that you're, you're not owed. You're absolutely owed severance. Now, Employment Standards Act, remember, the Employment Standards Act only outlines a person's minimum entitlements. But frankly, that's irrelevant because your full entitlements are not in the Employment Standards Act. Full entitlements are what our courts have decided over the last 150 years. And our courts have made it clear that, yes, absolutely, you are owed severance if you're in construction. So I want everyone to understand and and spread the word. Uh, If you're in construction, if your friend and your brother, your sister is in construction, they lose their job, severance has to be paid. The company itself, by the way, the employer may not realize the severance is owed, but you better believe it is. It's significant, and I don't want anyone to walk away from entitlements. That happens to you in construction or otherwise. You lose your job. Give me a call. Let's make sure we talk about it and get you what the law says you should have. And we can have part of that discussion now, uh, 416-870-6400. It's uh, 637 on Thursday, so you've got lots of time still to call into this live show over the next 20, 25 minutes or so. But let's get to our first email, and this one kind of, you know, it sort of dovetails nicely into what you said there about misconceptions. Daniela writes in says, can Lior please explain why there's such a big difference between what the severance calculator, uh, calculator says at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and what the Ministry of Labor is telling me? And, you know, here's how you can actually find out yourself that difference. So call the Ministry of Labor right now and ask them a simple question. By the way, you can find their number online saying, I lost my job after three years. What am I owed? Mm -hmm. They will tell you three weeks. weeks. They're not going to tell you two weeks. They're not going to tell you four. We're going to tell you three weeks. There's a week per year. And that is wrong. And you can then, if you go use a severance calculator, find out at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, you, you answer the questions, it may tell you six months. Why that difference and who's right and who's wrong? Well, here's the thing. As I said right at the beginning of the show, the Ministry of Labor can only outline what's in the Employment Standards Act, which is your minimum entitlements. But every employee has greater, more entitlements than those minimums under our common law. So unfortunately, the Ministry of Labor only tells you your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. And if you don't know any better, you'll rely on that advice and you'll walk away from rights. So yes, when I advise people and what the severance calculator assesses entitlements, it's your full entitlements. It's what actually matters. That's why I've said many times, when you lose your job, you can't go to the Ministry of Labor. You can't go to the government, the Labor Board. Because they can't help you. They can only help you with your minimum entitlements. But no one cares. You shouldn't care about those minimum entitlements. What matters is your full entitlements. So bottom line, it's not a week per year of service. It's not two weeks per year of service. It's Mm -hmm. it's significantly more than that. So if you lost your job or worried about losing your job or are just curious, grab your smartphone right now. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Use the severance calculator there. You will be surprised. Whatever you think you're owed, check it out and make sure that you're never, ever accepting less than what you're owed. Yeah, I guess the uh, the severance thing is probably the biggest thing you want to be on guard for when it comes to reaching out to the Ministry of Labor. Although they, they can help for other things, right? Like, uh, you know, problems in your workplace or overtime or stuff like that. Then you're okay to call them, no? If you have an overtime issue, absolutely, you can yeah. and you should call the Ministry of Labor. Vacation pay issue. Let's say your employer is not paying you vacation pay properly. Absolutely. Maybe there's issue with statutory holiday pay or, you know, you didn't get your check last week. Yes, your employer can, uh, your, your Ministry of Labor can help you with that. But when it comes to losing your job, 
your job being at risk. No, you cannot get help from the Ministry of Labor. And just by trying, you actually end up compromising your rights. So please don't do that. 416-870-6400, the number to call into the show now. We'll get to uh, to Steve. Next email says, hey, Lior, I usually work around uh, 50 hours of overtime a month, for which I get paid. My company just decided to hire another employee, so from now on, I will have no overtime. Can they do this? It's an interesting question here. And, and you know, if he regularly works a certain number of hours and regularly gets paid for it, as he has to, obviously, because overtime is over 44 then that's now a term of his employment. I'm, I work this many hours and I get paid this much. Right. So if his employer now decides to change that, whether it's by policy or by hiring someone else, well, that's a constructive dismissal. They're changing the terms of his employment. He's now have to has to take a, a pay cut. It would be the same as simply his employer saying we're reducing your pay by fifteen percent. No, and his employer is not allowed to do that. Uh, and if they've now established these terms of employment? No. So what Steve can do is he can either accept this and continue working, or he can say no. By doing this, by reducing my pain out, by taking essentially all my overtime away, reducing my pay because of it, you've constructively dismissed me. I am choosing to treat that as a termination of my employment. Now you have to pay me severance. So there's not no th- the three options, but there's the two options. You accept it or you pursue constructive dismissal. And if Steve wants to pursue constructive dismissal, I can certainly help him. So there's a difference between the uh, the overtime just simply drying up and it's not available. Obviously, you're not going to pay him for something that doesn't exist as opposed to hiring somebody, in this case, to take those hours away from him, right? Right. It's a question uh, of whether or not it's something that the employer is doing. Mm-hmm. So if the employer is making a conscious effort to take away something that you would otherwise have, that's a constructive dismissal. Nice. If it goes away simply by a normal operation of business, then no, it's not. So there's certainly a distinction between overtime going away because there's just not enough work and overtime going away because your employer is giving it to someone else. The latter can absolutely be constructive dismissal. Let's get to one more email before we uh, slide into a break. Uh, Leanne, Leanne's up, says, my boss announced that the company I work for is likely to shut down in the next year. Can I quit and get severance? Well, I understand the temptation. You think, well, I'm going to be out of a job anyway. They're going to have to pay me severance when that happens. Why don't I just leave now and have them pay me severance now? The problem is that if you quit before your last day of work, you're considered to have resigned. And if you've resigned, you don't get severance. So even though you're you're quitting because you know your job is ending, they've already told you it's going to end. But still, if they give you a date, your last day is uh, July the 5th, and you leave before then before that date, then you've resigned. So no, you cannot leave before your last day and get severance. Uh, so you have to decide if there's a great opportunity, it may make sense to leave. Otherwise, you wait to make sure that you get your severance. Is that something she can approach her uh, employer about or that's just like, don't push your luck? Well, I mean, there's never a downside having a chat with the employer. Say, hey, if I go now, how about you pay me some money? I mean, the worst thing they can say is no, you're no, not any yeah. worse off. But certainly, as long as you're making it clear they were just asking a question, no, there's certainly no downside in doing that. Brian, I worked for a uh, company for five years. Then I quit. Uh, A year later, they convinced me to come back. Three years later, they just let me go. How much severance am I owed? I love this one. It is. And and by the way, it it is a fairly common uh, situation where you work for a company, you leave, you, you come back, and then the question becomes, well, how much seniority do I have? So in this situation, because of the fact that he was 
told to come back. And his gap was not that big overall. He worked it for about eight or nine years or so. Uh, and, you know, the one-year gap is relatively small. And because they wanted him to come back, yeah, th- he has his full seniority. So that impacts his severance. So even though he had a, a, a year gap or so, now he's a nine-year employee or eight-year, however long it is, and he has to get pay, paid severance on that basis, which could be very significant. So same thing applies to you in many situations, even if you have a gap in employment. So you work for a few years and you were gone and you came back. In many situations, we can you, we can actually disregard that gap and you, you may have uh, seniority as if that gap didn't exist. Always a good idea to get advice to make sure because you may then be owed a lot more severance than you realize. Take a short pause, give you a chance to uh, grab a phone that you know we're still uh, still going on here. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. Make that call now. Talk to us. We'd love to get you on air and ask your questions. We'll get to more emails as well as we continue the Thursday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Stand by. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. Welcome back, 647. Lots of time for you to call in. Yeah, that's right, 416-870-6400. Back to the uh, pile of emails, which are piling up in just a moment. But first, uh, Diana. Diana, thank you for taking the time this evening. How are you? I'm well, and yourself? Brilliant. Would love to hear what you have to say. What's on your mind? Okay, so I've been with the company for about 15 years, um, full-time for about eight or nine Um and then I went on mat leave, and then when I went back, I chose to become part-time. Uh, April 2021, I was laid off, a shortage of work because of COVID. My EI ended uh, a couple weeks ago, and I contacted the employer who said that because of these new COVID restrictions or rules or whatever, uh, they don't have to call me back until July because they're still short of work. Now, I don't know what happens if they don't take me back from July on. So, Diana, here's what the options are. So, option number one is you wait till July, and if they call you back, you want to go back, you go. If they don't call you back, then you can get severance, and if you've been there for 15 years, you're going to be looking at a substantial amount, as little as 12 months, potentially as much as 18 months pay. So, that's what happens if, if you choose to wait. But the second option, actually, is you don't have to wait. You can choose to treat the layoff now, if you wanted, as a termination and get severance. So if you if your priority is to get the job, you like the job, you'd like to see if you can go back, absolutely, then that may make sense to wait. Right. But you don't have to. You can treat, treat that as a termination. In fact, you could have treated it as a termination back of, in April of last year because despite of COVID, they don't have the, the ability to force this layoff. You can treat it as a termination. Okay, now what, I, I do like the job, so I, I would, I will stick it out. I mean, it's horrible because I don't have a paycheck until then, but um, I, would they fight me on this? I, I don't, I, I, like, I have a good relationship with them, but because of just this whole severance thing, I don't know 
how blunt I can be about it or in July if they say, sorry, we're still short of work, we can't take you right now. I don't know what to say at that point. Well, again, because you've already been on the layoff for over a year, uh, I mean, there's certainly no guarantees on what's going to happen in in July, right? They may say, well, now we're going to extend it till September. And and it's up to you at that point to decide what you want to do. Uh, It's up to you to decide when is it enough? When is enough enough? And when do you want to get severance? The other thing I'll say is even if they don't have a job and they say, okay, we're just going to pay you severance, chances are like with 90% of people that whatever they offer you is going to be less than what you're owed. So you may need some assistance. But whenever you decide whether it's now or July or September that you've had enough or you just want to get severance, give me a call and I can help you get it. Diane, appreciate the call, and here is that number to reach out to, which you probably will sometime, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, 416-870-6400. Jace, uh, how are you doing? Hey, pretty good. Uh, quick question. Non-unionized work environment, does seniority count at all for uh, work, earning a living, like a, lower, a junior guy getting more hours than you, a temp worker, or does that only apply in somewhere with a collective bargaining agreement? Uh, great question, uh, Jay. And the answer is no, that your employer does not have to account for seniority in terms of how they assign the work, who, who they give better jobs to, or, or, or even pay. They can decide how to do that. Where seniority applies is really when it comes to your, your severance. Uh, so obviously, the more seniority you have, the, the more severance you're going to be owed. But beyond that, in a non-unionized environment, the seniority doesn't really play much of a role in terms of your everyday work. Okay, perfect. Thanks very much. Have a great night. Thanks, sure. Jace. Appreciate it. You as well. 416-870-6400. Keep it going. Got uh, got Gary. Hi, Gary. Thank you for uh, for hanging on there for a moment. Good evening. How are you? Not too bad. Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I know it's probably too late to do anything about it, but uh, I worked for <laughs> Xerox and... Uh, I had a degenerative bone disease, mm. and of course, of course uh, you know, the uh, too much walking would really uh, put me in agony. Uh, my manager didn't like me, so he uh, actually put me in the, you know, gave me uh, 50 more machines to say than everybody else on the team, and then uh, I ended up having to go off. And I'd come, I'd be off for a couple months, come back for a couple of years, you know, but then it went back and forth like that for a while, but it just got too, too hard to change your lifestyle that much. So I ended up, you know, I, and I, I had asked them if I could have a meeting with the personnel department and if they want me to take certain courses so I could get a desk job. And they just said, uh, we got nothing like that. You see a job you can handle, apply for it. If you can't, tough, tough luck. So... I end up going off on disability, and then after 24 years, I got my hips replaced. And then uh, I called them up and said, okay, I'm ready to come back to work. <laughs> they went, what? We don't have anybody off this look. And I knew they wouldn't want me back. I was hoping they would give me some kind of a, a buyout, but, but uh, they just said, well, you're uh, a year and a half away from 30 years, so we're going to give you uh, full pay, which will help bring up your pension and, and then you can just retire and I said you know do I have any choice nope okay so I did that and then when I retired I had gone from a lousy 1200 a month to live on uh, on dis- 
building. Sure. Hold on. Let, let's take a step back, Gary. You, when you said you, you did that with respect to the 12 months pay, did you, you sign something to that effect? Uh, I believe so. And I, when was I, that? Like I said, that was uh, about 13 years ago. Wow. Okay. And, so and that, yeah, you're 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 about 11 years then too late now. And the, <laughs> the unfortunate thing is that. Back when you were ready to come back to work, even though you were gone for 24 years, because they didn't actually terminate your employment during those 24 years, you would have been owed about two years' pay at that point, uh, including contributions to your pension, etc. So I wish we would have spoken back then because, yes, you would have had much more than what they've offered you. But now that it's been 13 years, there's nothing that we can do about that. Yeah, once once I reached 65, my so-called pension was cut by in half. So I don't, wow. I, I get 500 a month. They said it, that was bridged. You know, when I phoned them up to ask them, you know, what the hell is going on, mm-hmm. and they, and then I, yeah, I said, well, uh, you know, that's just what uh, Xerox tells us to do. And I said, okay, well, I guess you're right. I can't do anything about it. I'll, I'll just blow my brains out. <laughs> and then I hung up on the girl. I could hear her going, no, 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 that. I just wanted wow. to shake, shake her up a bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's now after 30 years, I get a $500 a month pension. Jeez, man! You see, that's that's the problem with a guy like Gary. Is it, you know, if if as you said, Lior, if we would have acted back then, it could have been a different story, right? Absolutely, it could have wow. been a different story. We could have dealt with this pension differently. You would have been out more yeah. compensation. Uh, and, and you know, it's interesting thing. The, the interesting part of this to me is that it, at any time during the twenty four years, twenty four years that he was off, they could have said, "This is a frustration of contract. We can just right. end the relationship." They didn't. In fact, they maintained his employment status. Well, that means that after 24 years, if he is ready to come back to work and he's cleared by his doctor, if they don't come and call him, allow him, by the way, that could be a human rights violation. Mm-hmm. And if there's legitimately no job for him, at the minimum, they have to pay him severance. And those 24 years count towards his seniority. Crazy. So you may have only worked for a few years and then offered 24. Well, now he's a 28 or 30, whatever year employee. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, definitely important in that situation. Anytime, by the way, you know, I think it's very rare that you're going to be off for 24 years, but anytime you're coming back from a disability leave, whether it's two months, six months, two years, whatever it is, if you're not back to the same job, same pay, same everything, you really have to get some advice because your your entitlements under uh, employment law, under human rights can be quite significant. It almost sounds like they forgot about them. To be honest, they twenty-four years. They're just like who, what? Like there's people that have come and gone and retired since he was off. Like it's they, they forgot about him for sure. They a hundred percent forgot about him because if someone would have remembered, they would have said, "Okay, we got to deal with this outstanding issue." If they forgot, it's, I've yeah. seen that before, and I think I've told you the story before when I had something like that happen. But the reality is, because they quote unquote forgot about him and they maintained his employment status when they didn't have to, well, he was still an employee. And he had the rights of an employee, including the right now that he's called back to work to to get his job now that he was cleared. And they can't just say no. That's a human rights violation. Yeah, we'll get one more quick email here at the last minute of the show. Chip, working for a home for the last three years, he's told, yeah, you got to come in and out of the office two or three times a week. Can uh, can an employer do that? Well, no. If you were doing that pre-COVID, then your employer can't just decide to to change that. You, that's your right. term of employment. If you were just doing it during COVID and it was understood that it's just because of COVID, then your employer can ask you to come back to the way things were. Uh, but if you were always working from home, now they want you to come into the office, even if it's part-time, they don't have the ability to make you or to penalize you if you say no, because it's not the term of your employment. 
Yeah, you've been getting a lot of calls like that for over the last two years, and I'm sure that'll continue with people having either never been to work or having to go back to work to see if they can because a lot of people are getting comfy being at home, but it's not going to be the case, right? Absolutely, and uh, some yeah. people assume that they, during COVID they were working from home. That's going to continue forever, and right. some of them are getting some surprises now. And they said, well, now we're going to go back to the way things were, so we'll see you tomorrow at 9 o'clock. <laughs> and a lot of people are saying, well, what? Uh, yeah. If you're in that situation, we should really talk. And with that, we're done for the day. one 821 5900 to reach out to Lior. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that severance pay calculator can be found with lots more at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time on Saturday right here on the Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.